Good afternoon and welcome to the presentation of our second quarterly report in a year that turned out to be a bit more challenging than expected going into it. As with the first quarterly report, our new CFO, Ben Gorn, and I will do the presentation together. And after the disclaimer, the good news is that we, again, had a very strong order intake in the second quarter. In spite of any market turbulence and micro uncertainty. Also, all segments except bulk materials delivered solid EBITDA results in the second quarter. Whereas the EBIT results and guidance was impacted by 188 million Danish kroner as a one-off write-down of capitalized R&D costs. But this is the risk that you must be prepared for, like once in every decade, when you have a very high level of investments in R&D as we do in Ethel Smith and as we continue to have. We have for a number of years been signaling that Semprit is not part of our future core business, but uh, we have now decided that it is time to initiate a sales process and focus our group further. And finally, we have updated our guidance with revenue at the upper end of the range, 25 to 26 billion kroner, and we have maintained our EBITDA guidance at minimum 10%. Like in the first quarter, the financial developments in the second quarter all show progress in order intake, in order backlog, in revenue, and in operating result every day. Whereas the EBIT is, of course, influenced by the one-off write-down that I mentioned of the 188 million, which is investment in an attempt to secure groundbreaking new technology. It worked in the laboratory, but in the industrial tests, it did not deliver satisfying results within the planned time frame, and that is what we've taken the consequences of. The cash flow from operations was up from the first quarter, where it was negative, but down from last year. And finally, the employee increase is by 6% from acquired companies. The segment developments are practically unchanged from the first quarter. By revenue, it means that non-ferrous continues to be our biggest segment with one-third of all group activities, and customer services trailing with approximately one-fourth. By the order intake, we see the same pattern, only here, as it's well known, cement is lumpy, so it this time jumped to 25% of the order intake. And this is due to two large announced orders in the second quarter, one from our traditional strong market in the Middle East, which has been revitalized after the Arab Spring. And the other one is from the U.S., where it's the first new cement line that we've obtained since the financial crisis. Thereby, cement continues to be our single biggest industry, including 
customer services. And the announced minerals products are both from Africa, and we can see on the pie chart that copper continues to be our single biggest mineral with 21% of the activity, but coal is now beginning to grow also. And with that, I'll hand over to Ben. Thank you very much. And uh, I'd like to go a little bit further into the order development. And uh, looking at the order intake, which was percent increase over last year, uh, we see that there has been a quite stable development of the announced order intake last four or five years at a level around 2.0 Danish kroner. And we see a record high order intake for unannounced orders during the second quarter this year. And specifically, the non-first part of our business has shown a very strong order intake. This is leading to an order backlog of 23% increase over last year. And with the example we mentioned with non-first, has increased its order backlog with close to 50%. It's 49% strong development. Um, we see a rather stable profile in the order intake. And uh, for me, being new into the group, I would say that I read two things. The market is still strong and that FLS is enjoying great trust from our customers. Looking at the revenue, it increased by 26% in Q2 versus last year. And we see there is a pattern every year. And again, this year, we expect the same pattern to develop over the quarters. Uh, the EBITDA part has... Um, shown an even stronger development of uh, 36%. And uh, we see that is higher than the increase in revenue. So we, we see there is some economy of scale developing as the business is developing. And uh, the three of our divisions showed a very good development in EBITDA, setting off some of the development we have seen in bulk. The total revenue increase of 26% has... Uh, been tw uh, around 20% in organic growth. And then we have had approximately 3% increase in, uh, in uh, revenue coming stemming from the six companies acquired over the last 12 months. And in addition, we have had approximately three percentage points, which comes from exchange rate variations over the last 12 months. All in all, a solid development in the revenue and uh, even more, as we see in the profits. But the profit is uh, influenced also by the SGNA. And as we saw, the profit had increased with 36%. So we have had an effect from the SGNA development. So comparing the SGNA development here, 14% up over the last 12 months, compared to the increase in sales of 26%, we see there have been a positive development, which is benefiting the bottom line of the EBITDA. Uh, bearing in mind that uh, the cost level of SGNA normally is 2 to 3% lower in the second half of the year than what we see in the first half of the year. The development in the SGNA cost, ba cost base uh, is uh, influenced by the acquisitions we made. And the six acquisitions I mentioned has brought in for the first half approximately 60 million in normal SGNA. This excludes costs for the acquisition, the transaction, and the integration. I will come back to that. In addition, our cost 
base is mostly developing because of the nature of our business. As you recall, we have a business model where the sales and the projects we are uh, landing, we are agreeing with the customers, we deliver over the next two to three years. That means that we are front-loading the cost when it comes to marketing, sales, to, to proposal activity, and the sales will benefit in the future. Naturally, with the sales, we have seen with increase in 26% in, uh, in the sales and a very strong increase in order intake. Of course, there have been a lot of front-loading of the cost, which is developing our cost base. We have uh, made an analysis of our cost development, which is new. Uh, we have normally not talked much about the non-recurring costs by nature. We have uh, been looking into this. Uh, and uh, during the first half year of 2012, we estimate approximately 100 million Danish kroner linked to three main groups of activities, which are of a non-recurring nature. The first one is that we have made a larger change in our organization as part of the implementation of the strategy. You remember from February, it was announced in 2012. The second part is that we have now finalized developing a new ERP solution, which from the 1st of January 2013 will be started implementing in our organization. And the third part of the non-recurring cost by nature is uh, that we have made the acquisitions of the six companies over the last 12 months, and that has brought some transaction costs and some integration costs. The 100 million we can more or less split in three equal elements. It is a strong focus both from the executive management as well as from the board of Apple Smith to continue to focus on the SGNA cost development to secure uh, continued strong uh, competitiveness. And uh, we have been running a cost awareness program since uh, uh, just in the beginning of second quarter of this year, which will continue. And we do now a very systematic cost follow-up on the cost level and we define the targets and we will continue to monitor the development, both of uh, the, the cost base uh, in general and as well the non-recurring and the recurring elements of it. All in all, uh, positive SGNA ratio development for our group, and we will continue to challenge the SGNA cost level going forward. We have made write-offs. As uh, Jürgen Huno mentioned, we have been writing off 188 million in capitalized R&D costs. These capitalized costs were made working on a project which is by nature groundbreaking of nature, uh, aiming for bringing our technology leaps forward, ambitious projects, and uh, we have uh, made and met some important technology milestones in that project. We even have achieved a number of new technology patents. So we have uh, decided, despite of this, to write them down because we made commercial tests which not fully shown that it was correct to keep it in the balance as, as it was. The nature of uh, this kind of innovative research and development project is that sometimes we don't succeed immediately as it is. So we have to take a step to the side and continue going forward. And uh, it will definitely not uh, stop us from continuing 
doing this kind of in innovative research and development, as it is very important <coughs> for us to continue to be leading when it comes to technology as a group. The split of the 188 million has been divided by the three groups, cement, non-ferrous, and customer service, as those were the three divisions to benefit from the project. I, we cannot go closer into the nature of this project, and that is purely due to competition, because uh, we are working on uh, good initiatives going forward. The cash flow from our operating activities uh, shows uh, a positive cash flow in second quarter of 321 million, 22% compared to the same quarter one year back. Our cash flow is mostly due to the development in networking capital that I will be talking about very soon. We have carried out in investments and activities uh, during Q2 of total 386 million split with acquisitions. There were close to two acquisitions in the second quarter of 2012, and we ran a number of strategic initiatives carrying SGNA, no, sorry, um, CapEx, for instance, super service centers, and we have been investing in workshops in China and India. We have decided to temporarily slow down the acquisition activity in the group to make a strong focus on costs, uh, cost efficiency, on focus on cash flow, and focus on integrating and taking out the synergies of the acquisitions we've made. There will be still a, a number of smaller bolt-ons acquisition ongoing that will be finalized over this period. But uh, this will be the agenda for the coming months <coughs> and the quarters. The working capital has increased over the, the last quarters and uh, shows approximately 9% by the end of Q2, a level of 2.1 billion Danish kroner. In the same period, from second quarter of 2010 until the second quarter of 2012, we have had a development in the business mix, where the traditional cement represented 30, 30% of our business and has become, despite there is a positive development in the volume and the sales of cement, it has developed in the change of business mix now to representing 15%. That development is a, a single or an indication of the success of what we have defi def defined in our strategy to continue to develop the mineral-based part with the CS, with the cement, with the CS and the non-ferrous and the bulk part of our business. So the structural uh, effect on the networking capital is uh, very much driven by the mix in the business. In addition, we have had some strategic initiatives in customer service, especially I'd like to mention the super service centers, which are carrying networking capital. There have also been some specific reasons for the increase in networking <coughs> capital over uh, in especially in Q2, and um, we have had an increase in the inventories, and that has been made for us to be able to deliver with shorter delivery times on important spare parts, which is so important for our customers. We have also um, uh, had a strong development in our sales in total, which had led to we have placed orders with our sub-suppliers, and we have made some larger prepayments in uh, uh, ordering 
uh, these uh, deliveries from the sub uh, providers. And uh, this also has been developing the networking capital. In total, we will continue to focus on the networking capital development as it becomes more important when the business mix is continuing to be de developing in our group according to the strategy. So we are running with monthly reporting, we are monitoring and we are following up uh, via KPIs for the various parts of our organization. We have defined networking capital responsibility throughout the group and uh, that we will continue uh, over the coming quarters and it will become a part of our GNA just to follow up on the networking capital, as we said, as it becomes more important part of our business. And this is also a strong focus both from the board of directors and the executive manager of our group. The capital structure consisting <coughs> of the external financing and the equity financing has uh, developed where we see the net interest-bearing debt, the gearing, now has uh, reached a level of 0.3 times the EBTA. The EBTA on a 12-month basis is uh, 3.1 billion. And uh, the level of networking capital reached in the end of Q2 approximately 900 million Danish kroner, and have specifically been driven in Q2 because of uh, the build-up in uh, networking capital. The equity has increased with 15% over the last 12 months period and uh, shows a percentage of the total balance sheet of 32%. In total, a solid financing, and uh, we have... We, we made the 3rd of July an acquisition of uh, Ludovici, which um, uh, carried the additional gearing. So we are approximately one time, a little bit over one time um, uh, after the acquisition of uh, Ludovici. But I think, Jürgen, uh, that uh, you could continue telling about the exciting Ludovici acquisition. I'd be happy to. Our acquisition of the Australian company Ludovici, as I think it's pronounced, is a truly transformational event of strategic importance. In 2007, we bought the Canadian company GLMV, which gave us a leading position in copper, and today accounts for more than one-third of all group activities and results. Now, Ludovici can give us a similar leading position in coal and to a large extent also in iron ore. By delivering well-accepted brands and products like these beautiful screens that will go into a Chinese coal mine. And in addition to this, we have uh, this afternoon supplemented this product portfolio further with the acquisition of Decanter in the U.S., a company with an annual turnover of $50 million. And we buy them because of their leading technologies, especially centrifuge, which will supplement the Ludovici and bring us exactly in the position we have wanted to be in coal. The enterprise value is 388 million Australian dollars or 2.3 billion Danish kroner. This reflects a multiple of 13.4 times the EBITDA, which is lower than what we paid for DLMV, which was 14.7 times the EBITDA. The consequences in this year, this half of the acquisition of Ludovici, will be an increased turnover of approximately 800 million, an EBITDA of approximately 75 million, 
but this will be completely diluted by one-off transaction costs and purchase price allocations so that the net contribution to the group result this year is zero. But next year, the Ruichi will boost our activities both in non-ferrous and in customer services, so we'll decanter, and this will together deliver considerable sales synergies. Geographically, Ludovici is coloring the remaining white spots that we had in the important Australian market. And elsewhere, outside Australia, we are very fast integrating all the activities into our existing entities to harvest synergies from our global footprint. Now, the market trends are mixed. We see a continuing strong underlying demand. There are no significant changes in our product pipeline, nor in our dialogue with the customers. And longer term, there are absolutely no changes in the prospects or drivers, which remain very encouraging. However, short term, the mining capex outlook is under risk due to increased macroeconomic uncertainty. There are increased lengthy permitting processes and slightly tighter, tighter financing, which could lead to postponement of certain products from this year into the next. In cement, we see a similar mixed pattern. The European and the U.S. markets continue to be flat, but we have a very high proposal activity in other parts of the world. And in India, we at least now begin to see the inquiry level come up again, but not yet any signatures. Customer services are delivered 24-7 worldwide by these tough guys, always equipped in the correct safety gear. And very importantly, they deliver continuing progress, both in the second quarter and in the first half, actually progress on all counts, except for the EBIT, which is solely due to their part of the one-off write-down that we mentioned before. Again, a very strong growth in both order intake and revenue. Order intake up 16%, reflecting very good market conditions and high capacity, capacity utilization throughout the non-ferrous industries and in certain parts of the cement business as well. Revenue up by almost one-third, well above our ambition of growing the service part by 10 to 15% per year. And we are securing continuity with O&M contracts progressing well and also our supercenter build-out completely in line with plans. Bulk materials have a long-term, very strong growth potential. Why? Because the constantly increasing quantities of materials that need to be handled. For instance, phosphate fertilizers to feed the growing world population. And as in the picture here, coal, which no matter how much shale gas is found in the U.S. and no matter how much green agendas we have, 
coal will continue to be the most important energy source, at least for the coming generations. And it is handled by these cock stack reclaimers in the picture, which is just one of the proprietary product brands that we have in Effelsmith. The bulk materials division increased the revenue by one-fifth in the second quarter, and the results at least became positive compared to last year, but still far from satisfying. And the unpleasant fact is that according to our new division management, we need more costly efforts to achieve the necessary improvements here. Short term, we've seen a slightly weakening outlook due to the macro uncertainty. But our hot list is still encouraging. So the modest order intake is more reflecting a prudent tender approach where we are very cautious on risks and for our new division management, the primary focus is on improved operational excellence. What is the problem? The problem is that this is our youngest division. It is built upon a handful of medium acquisitions that are not yet 100% globally integrated. And as a result, we have had examples of underestimated risks in products combined with a lack of timely handling and mitigation hereof. In short, it is insufficient product management capabilities. What is the solution? What we have initiated, transfer of the product management know-how and best practices that we have available and demonstrated in use in all our three other divisions. We have appointed a new division head, Carsten Lund, member of Group Executive Management, who took up his position on 1st July, and he has physically relocated to Badgassen in Germany, which is the global technology center of material handling. And we have also in other ways strengthened the management team of the division. And based on the new management assessments, the expectations to profitability this year have been changed from stable to decreasing relatively to last year's EBITDA margin of 4.5%. Non-Ferrous is the division that is, to a large extent, building on the strong technologies that we acquired from DLME in 2007. Like these sedimentation tanks belonging to Anglo-America from Los Broncos in the Andes of Chile. And Non-Ferrous is constantly delivering a strong performance. Demonstrated here by an increase of the order backlog and revenue by approximately 50% and the operating result even up by 77%. We have again seen a continued strong order intake and revenue growth, the order intake up by one-fifth, and this is due to a, a particularly high level of unannounced orders in the second quarter. Revenue even up by 63%, and also the margin is in line with our guidance. Also, cement is delivering. 
In spite of certain markets being under pressure, cement is enjoying that this is truly a local business and there are always pockets of progress. Demonstrated here with an increase of the order backlog of one-third through global market turbulence. And in spite of a flat turnover, we see an increase in the operating result, the EBITDA, of more than one-third. High order intake and a solid order execution. As mentioned, proposal activity remains high in certain parts of the world, although India is still somewhat subdued. And the increase in margin from 10 to 15% reflects that execution works here. Simprit is Europe's largest dedicated provider of fiber cement products. It's been a part of our group since it was founded by Eiffel Smith in 1927, but maybe not for much longer now. It's uh, been well known for years that Sembrit is not a part of our future core business. And we have decided that the time is right to initiate a sales process. As illustrated by the numbers, restructuring has been put behind us. There's progress in results. And as a consequence of the sales process, Sembrit will be reported as discontinued activity from the third quarter. The future outlook continues long-term to be unchanged, positive for all our industries, although, of course, short-term market turbulence and increased macro uncertainty can influence some of our customers to temporarily postpone products, and it can also temporarily influence the, influence the competitive pressure. However, we maintain our long-term financial targets unchanged, and we will, as promised, also announce targets for return on capital employed in our annual report for this year. Short-term, our group guidance for this year has been updated to exclude Sembrit and to include Ludovici, and therefore the revenue at the upper end of the range, 25 to 26 billion, EBITDA ratio unchanged, minimum 10%, in spite of the reduced expectations to bulk this year and the increased macroeconomic risk. The investments excluding acquisitions unchanged at 900 million. So in conclusion, we've had both a strong order intake and solid EBITDA results in all segments except bulk materials, which is our primary focus area. EBIT was impacted by 188 million as a one-off write-down of capitalized R&D costs. The news is that we have initiated a sales process for Semprit, and then we have updated our full-year guidance to reflect this. And then it's just to remind you that the next opportunity to get a deep dive into all our mining activities is at the Mine Expo in Las Vegas that's held every four years. And you would be together with about 45 
thousand others with an interest in the minerals industry. And you can visit us in our Salt Lake City office in September as well. And with that, we'll be happy to take any questions that you may have. Ladies and gentlemen, I remind you that if you have a question, please press zero one on your telephone keypad and you'll enter a queue. That is zero one. There are no questions at this time, speaker. Please go ahead. Yes. The order intake, you have a big increase in the order intake. We know that you have taken in orders during the crisis with uh, not as good margins as the, in, in the previous. What about the margins in the, in the current order backlog? Could you tell us a bit about that? Yes. Compared to the, to the trouble. Yes. The um, orders that we've taken in uh, this year, in 2012, um, have not changed over the last, uh, you could say the margin has not changed over the uh, the last quarter. They're comparable to what happened at the beginning of the year. Um, but both uh, the orders from 11 and, and from 12 um, are with a, typically a lower margin than we had in 2007 and 2008. And that is what we have also guided, for instance, in the uh, non-ferrous division, where we have said that um, in spite of um, uh, positive development um, and high activity, um, you must expect a, um, a slight decrease uh, in the margin. It is a reflection of the um, what is in the backlog today. So no dramatic changes, no recent changes, but everything equal, uh, slightly lower level within the last one to two years than the previous two years. acquisition, uh, could you uh, be a bit more specific about the synergies? You are talking about sales synergies. Uh, what about cost synergies? Are there any at all? And could you give uh, some kind of indication how big the synergies might be in 2013? We are primarily focused on sales synergies because um, uh, in this way it's uh, comparable to what we did uh, with DLMV. We uh, expand our uh, technology, uh, we expand our product offering, and uh, we expand uh, these technologies and products into a global footprint that they did not have access to before. These are a very strong basis for uh, sales synergies and for growth of the business. And, um, of course, there will be uh, cost synergies as well, but uh, these are of uh, minor importance. Um, we will, uh, though, harvest uh, these uh, in every way we can. And um, uh, I can say that we have a, uh, an integration plan in place. And longer term, um, the uh, cost synergies will not just be influencing Ludovici, but the entire group in the sense that we have plans of optimizing our back office uh, also not just in, in the engineering as we've done previously, but we have more plans of, of spreading that out to all shared uh, services. But we have the special opportunity today that uh, we actually have the 
the new chairman of Ludovici in the room, which is uh, Peter Flanagan, uh, director of our non-ferrous division. And uh, maybe you would uh, like to expand on, uh, on how we are accelerating now our integration plan for Ludovici. Thanks, Uno. I think you, I think you covered it uh, pretty well. But you know, with Ludovici, we're fortunate in that we acquired a company that is um, uh, has the same outlook and the same global local business view. Uh, they have the same idea about innovation and products. And when we plug their products into our network globally in our office, when we have some of our products and we put it into their global network to sell in the places where they're strong. The two together, there's going to be really, really large opportunities for significant cross-selling. And the same thing we did with GLV in, in 2007. It worked, and now we move on to, to Ludovici. And um, I think uh, we're, we're set up in an, a great position to harvest a lot of these synergies in the next six months, year, two years. And cost synergies are part of that. They will be moving into our facilities around the world. And um, almost everywhere now we have figured out we've owned them for a month and we have plans to, to get together and integrate in all major locations around the world. So we're very fortunate that uh, they're in the same place as we are. They have the same outlook we do. And uh, we're, we're hitting the ground running. And you had an observation on the culture as well. Yeah, again, you know, uh, the the. the company has the same innovative outlook. It, it treats the customers the same way with the customer intimacy. You know, if you look at Ludovici also and compare it to F.L. Schmidt, 30 years ago, minerals business wasn't a big business for Ludovici. And minerals business wasn't a big business for F.L. Schmidt 30 years ago. They listened to customers. They innovated. They came up with better products. They also did acquisitions, just like we did. And they grew, and Brindles became their biggest business, just as it has now for F.L. Schmidt. So, again, the same outlook, the same growth story, the same way of approaching the market. That makes it really easy when you come in from a bigger company or able to integrate people with the same outlook and the same view as you have. So the culture, having that aligned, is going to make this thing go really fast and really smooth. Thank you. And let me just add that as a consequence of this, uh, we have a one-year integration plan, but we see already now that uh, a number of uh, these points will be executed by the end of this year. That's uh, how we're accelerating the process. Yes, hello, uh, Patrick Sedover from uh, Nordea Markets. A couple of questions. Um, the first one, you're speaking about the risk of postponements of uh, projects. Uh, I just wonder, is that reflected in your order intake guidance and is that reflected in your revenue guidance? Um, that is my first question. Uh, my next question is uh, regarding your guidance on the order intake for the uh, customer service division and the non-ferrous division. Uh, you have upgraded the guidance to be strongly increasing. Is that uh, purely an effect from uh, Ludovici or are you seeing an improvement underlying in the markets? Um, and then my last question to, to Ben is uh, regarding the networking capital. Um, sh should we ex expect that the networking capital has peaked now in the quarter? Um, what is going to happen from here? Thank you. On the um, order intake, the, uh, 
uh, adjustments of our uh, guidance for order intake is primarily uh, a result of Ludovici. And uh, of course, uh, our expectations are um, included uh, in the guidance uh, in every way. And uh, so we have uh, incorporated the known consequences of Ludovici. We have incorporated uh, the actual uh, realized development in the first half and our best estimate of what's going to happen uh, in the second half. So that is what is all tied into uh, the guidance. Excuse me, then was the risk of uh, postponements, is that reflected in your overall group guidance? Risk of postponement is reflected in our overall group guidance, and um, it's important to say that um, uh, this is primarily a risk that will uh, influence 2013 because uh, uh, we uh, the book-to-build ratio is, is uh, fairly uh, small. Uh, in our uh, business model, it means that uh, we execute primarily what we have in the backlog already. So, of course, especially in service, you can have some short-term fluctuations, but in the product business, uh, there's some delay in that. So if there were uh, postponements in third or, or fourth quarter, it would primarily hit the order intake in, the, uh, in 2013. I will continue on the networking capital question, um, whether the networking capital has peaked, uh, as you see in the second quarter. And um, the networking capital consists of six elements, as such, from inventory, from accounts receivables to accounts payables, to work in progress, from prepayments from customers, and to suppliers. In total, uh, these elements will vary depending on which period we are. So, for instance, the nature of our business is to some extent fluctuating over the quarters. That's the nature of a product business. So that's one part of it. So it's very hard to say that is it like a freezing, like a one percentage at all time. That's the one. The second one is that we are developing, and I think fairly successfully when the, the business mix, the development of the business mix. And naturally, and as a tradition, cement is having a very much lower networking capital than the other parts of our business. We see net, um, that cement, for instance, Imperials has negative networking capital. So that means that as we develop and becoming successful in the business mix, we will see changes also in the networking capital percentage. But we cannot say if it is going to be higher or lower. What we can guarantee is that we will continue working on the networking capital management to optimize in every part of our business. I think that uh, covers um, what we can say about it. Uh, last question, if I may. Um, just wondering regarding Sembrit, uh, why is it more interesting to, to initiate a sales process at uh, current time compared to one year ago? Well, uh, there are a lot of parameters, and, uh, and I can't uh, disclose all of them. Uh, it's been a, a long journey where um, we uh, first went through uh, restructuring, and um, as you may know, we transferred all uh, production uh, from Denmark to primarily Eastern Europe uh, to lower costs. Uh, it was, took several years uh, to accomplish that, and we felt we had to put that behind us. And around that time when we were ready to put it for sale, uh, the financial crisis uh, hit Europe. Uh, so then we had to, to go through that. We thought we were better prepared to do that than a new owner would be. 
And we feel that uh, now the company has recovered uh, from the crisis. Uh, if you look at the results, uh, there have been improvements uh, over the last uh, one to one and a half years. And we believe that uh, it gives a realistic uh, impression of the potential uh, in this business for a new owner. Uh, of course, there are clouds um, uh, also in the horizon now, and uh, you could say, should we then wait another two years? Uh, but this is a balance, and we have tried to weigh together all these parameters, and we ended up with the conclusion that time is ripe. Okay, thank you. No more questions in here. Then we'll take on the telephone. Ladies and gentlemen, I do remind you that if you have a question for the speaker, please press zero one on your telephone keypad and you'll enter a queue. After you're announced, please ask your question. We have a question from Mr. Lars Topom from Carnegie. Please go ahead, sir. Uh, yes, I have a number of questions, so let's take them area by area. If we start with uh, Ludovici. Uh, you mentioned sales synergies. Could you comment on cost synergies if there are any? Uh, likewise, uh, you said that uh, integrations triggered uh, one-offs of 100 million in the first half of this year, uh, and now uh, Ludovici comes in in the second half of the year. What will integration costs be, and to what extent will such integration costs also prevail in 2013? Uh, question number three, uh, purchase price allocation impact from Ludovici and uh, also from your decanter acquisition uh, going into 2013, please. I have some other questions after that. Okay, we'll uh, start out. Um, and uh, we touched upon it uh, a bit earlier that uh, it is primarily sales uh, synergies that we are focused on. But, of course, there will be cost synergies um, from uh, bringing offices uh, together. But uh, it is not uh, something that we have disclosed uh, and quantified, uh, and we will not do it at, at this stage. Uh, the cost synergies will be much more important, not just for Ludovici, but for the group as a whole as we enter into our shared service scheme, uh, which is uh, a bit further uh, ahead in the future. The integration costs are, are limited in Ludovici. The costs that we have uh, mentioned as uh, non-recurrent uh, in the first half uh, were tied to our new structure and uh, setting the, the uh, new setup for the whole group uh, in our interoperation. Uh, the um, integration costs in Ludovici will be very limited, uh, and I think we can say that for 13, uh, we, it'll be uh, uh, unimportant in any way. The purchase price allocations are actually uh, mentioned uh, because we have for, for this year, in total, we have um, 35 uh, uh, one-offs as uh, transaction cost and 40 million in purchase price allocations and uh, this is the level that's why the net uh, contribution to the result group result this year is practically zero but next year of course we'll um, we have no more one-off costs so we'll just have the purchase price allocations the, the 40 million is a continuing level of, of purchase price allocations that's the level yes 
Then I have some questions to your Outlook because you you take out separate and then you put in Ludovici, and the net impact of that, if if we assume separate would incur revenue of 1.5 billion, would then be 700 million negative. Yet you uh, actually raise your revenue guidance. If I look at the comments you make to each divisional guidance, uh, the changes are only due to acquisition. So I wonder, can we just? Briefly go, go through division for, for division, if, if there are any other elements than acquisitions, and uh, if there are not, then where's the uh, uh, change in guidance on top of uh, Ludovici? Where, where, where does it come from? Or maybe I just got the numbers completely wrong. Um. Uh, maybe that's part of it, but uh, what I can say is that um, uh, we have uh, variations in the different um, uh, divisions. And of course, uh, when adding it uh, all together, we make an overall uh, evaluation also at uh, group level to see what we consider to be our best uh, estimate uh, and the most realistic uh, total uh, order intake. And, and that is reflected uh, in, our, in our guidance. So um, I can't specify it for you in, in detail so that it, it uh, adds up to the uh, necessarily to the uh, to the final group guidance but maybe you can then comment are there any divisions where underlying revenue i.e. disregarding acquisitions is doing better or worse than you thought after Q1 we can say that we have uh, strong momentum both in uh, non-ferrous and in uh, customer services. That is uh, for sure. Okay, and, and then I have to ask about bulk materials, Jan, because you and I discussed it thoroughly after Q1, and you said, okay, but we know exactly what we need to do. There'll be no bad surprises, blah, blah, blah. And now we're at Q2, and there was a bad surprise. Uh, what makes you so certain we don't end in that situation again after Q3. We uh, know exactly what to do. Uh, we knew also when the two of us uh, spoke together uh, in spring, and uh, that is what we are doing. Uh, the surprise is that uh, the new management that we have appointed have told us that uh, it will cost us a bit more than we anticipated to execute these actions. And we have uh, taken a note of their evaluation and we have uh, uh, faith in, in their ability, and they've now had time to, to evaluate the um, possibilities and the problems in the division, and that is the change from spring. And is it possible to say anything about the time frame it, it requires to solve this? Are we talking the whole execution on the existing backlog, or can you do sort of repair jobs on... on existing orders so that they get back on track? No, it's not uh, tied to the duration of the existing order backlog. It's a, an uh, organizational exercise that we will uh, are uh, executing and will continue to do uh, during the next two quarters. Uh, we have uh, made the evaluations of the existing uh, portfolio that we uh, find necessary, and what we are working with is the organization. It's uh, transfer of know-how, it's uh, upgrading of competence, and it is not directly related to the individual uh, products in the backlog. Okay, and then one final question, if, if, if I may, uh, because you, you mentioned that uh, 
some of your one-off costs were related to an ERP project, which you will roll out from the beginning of 13. Uh, I wonder, does this mean that the integration risk on that ERP project is behind you, or is it rather ahead of you? Um, we are doing a major EPC uh, project uh, in the bulk division, uh, which is uh, uh, progressing very well. And, and we are very satisfied, and this is uh, one of the areas where we are uh, completely confident in the product management. So uh, there are, that is uh, not a cause for any worry. Excellent. Thank you very much. Remind you that if you want to ask a question, you will have to press zero one on your telephone keypad. Our next question comes from Mr. James Rowland from Goldman Sachs. Please go ahead, sir. Hi, this is James Rowland from Goldman Sachs. Uh, just two quick questions, if I may. Firstly, you talked about the one-off type items in the SGNA for the first half. I was just wondering if you'd identified any of these in the second half. And the second question on acquisition, it sounds like you're going to slow down on the large ones. I'm just wondering, if the economic outlook strengthens, what do you consider as sort of the, the cash amount you have available for further acquisitions? Thank you. Like, uh, taking the last question first uh, on the acquisitions, uh, I can say that we uh, have um, uh, very strong uh, committed uh, lines and, and we have uh, sufficient um, uh, financial room to maneuver. So uh, that is uh, actually not an issue in relation to uh, anything that we may have on the wish list uh, for acquisitions. When we say that we will temporarily slow down um, in acquisitions, it is uh, purely uh, a question of securing that we have sufficient uh, management capacity and that we uh, focus uh, uh, on the right priorities, and that is right now to uh, harvest synergies from the uh, acquisitions recently, especially of Ludovici. So uh, it's not uh, because of, of uh, you could say, financial uh, constraints in any way. Regarding the SDNAs, uh, no, we, we, have, we don't uh, sort of budget one-off, so uh, any that we have seen, uh, we have uh, taken. If I may. Thank you very much. The, the acquisitions, and uh, as we said, we will continue through some ongoing smaller bolt-on acquisitions. So they will lead to, I would say, relatively smaller one-offs, and um, that is the, the kind of one-offs that we can uh, oversee right now. Perfect, thank you. There are no further questions at this time. Please go ahead, speaker. Seems to be a quiet afternoon. So uh, any more questions in the room? If not, thank you very much.